You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heatherly Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Thank you for listening to this podcast. The goal is to promote the wonderful talent we have in this beautiful city in an effort to boost the musical economy. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a rating or a review. We love feedback. Also, please subscribe on the iTunes podcast app or at www.openmicspotlight.com. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I am your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have Mike Crowder here. Hello. Did I say hey, that? thanks Hi. for having me. How's it going? Great. This good. is fun. Yes. Thanks for the beer. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's start out with a song. Sounds good. What do you want to play? I'm going to play a song that was inspired by a friend of mine, and he hasn't heard it yet, but this is going out to Travis. Travis is a friend of mine that decided a long time ago that he was not going to be encumbered by debt or children or anything else. He was just going to live every day and have a good time. And as somebody that is encumbered by those things, it kind of, uh, I'm a little bit jealous sometimes. Is he still living that way? Absolutely. Yeah, he will for the rest of his life. And what inspired the song was just thinking of what a conversation would be like that he might have with someone that he's interested in. You know, they've gone on a couple of dates and I've always wondered what he tells them. Like, you know, sometimes when you're dating somebody, you think about the future. (laughs) And I think what he would have to explain is that the future looks a lot like the present. So (laughs) that's what the song's about. It's called Company Car. Things you like that I like too. Fireball shots and heavy metal shows. Aren't you scared of growing up? Find yourself just looking back at those. Tell me you've hung on to all your oldest friends You want me now, you may not want me then And I'm never gonna have a company car I'm never gonna have a company car If that's the kind of thing you're hoping for from me I can't tell you just how wrong you are I ain't the kind of guy who will ever have a company car I still show up to raise some noise With all the old familiar faces We still play the same four songs Mess them up in all the same places Then we drink while our ears ring out Wives and kids, what they talk about But I'm never gonna have a company car I'm never gonna have a company car If that's your kind of dream, white picket fence things Baby, let's don't take this very far 
Cause I ain't the kind of guy who will ever have a company car I never did spread my seed I guess I was scared to see But all my ghosts all mixed up With all of someone else's Might turn out to be Cause I've been a void in adulthood Since I was 17 I've put it off for so long now no one expects a thing from me So please, please don't look at me Try to see what you want to see I don't have that much to give But honesty Honestly I'm never gonna have a company car I'm never gonna have a company car If that's your kind of thing And it makes you think of me I can't tell you just how wrong you are Cause I ain't the kind of guy who will ever have I'm not the kind of guy they would ever give A company car <laughs> Thanks. I like that. I appreciate it. That's good. It's creative. My life is pretty boring. You know, I, I'm 48. I've got a real job and four kids, and you know, I don't do heroin. I'm not in the gutter. I don't, you know, I'm not going through a divorce. I don't have the typical things that can lead to a creative outburst, and so I'm in the habit of observing other people and how they choose to do things, and maybe trying to be an interpreter for how that life might play out in a way that would be a lesson for somebody else or not. It's fun for me to watch other people and imagine what their life is like. A lot of musicians also could be psychologists in a way. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. amateur level psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I feel like you're a well-known face in the music scene. I don't know about that, but I've got some tenure. Yeah. Uh, I was that, in my first band in town probably when I was 17 or 18. and That is a long time. Mm -hmm. And you were one of the judges for Road to Nightfall. I was. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. It was good to see everybody there. I mean, that was a really well-run, well-attended event, and all the bands were great. I mean, any of them yeah. could have won. Every year just keeps getting better and better with sponsors and who wants to be involved and who's going to help out and mm -hmm. make it that much more. Absolutely. Which makes it an amazing event. It was cool variety, too. I mean, yeah. you had lots of different kinds of bands that ended up there. And the coolest thing for me was seeing the guys in Walrus. I know their dad, and I saw him first, and mm -hmm. then I realized that his sons were playing. But the coolest thing was to see a bunch of guys that are still in high school playing guitar rock, because I thought, you know, the I rumor know. has it guitar rock is kind of dead. And these guys reminded me of the jam or, you know, yeah. something from a long time ago, and they're killing it. They were having yeah. a lot of fun, brought a lot of friends. They were great. They were on my road to nightfall first night, and I had never heard of them. Like, they were the last person that I thought would win that night. Right? 
<laughs> well, and that's, I guess that's so, sort of the flaw in the system. You know, it's all about the numbers. Uh-huh. And so if you can motivate a lot of 18-year-old girls to come and see yeah. your band, right? Especially when you look like those guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was great. You know? I actually didn't realize they were in high school. I thought they were in college. But it, maybe, maybe they're a little older than I think. But it was fun. I, I love seeing the local scene flourish. It's gotten so much better since I was younger. And I think people sometimes lose appreciation of that because um, there's always something to complain about. It's never perfect. A lot of the places we played back in the 80s were literally dangerous. Now, to have something like JJ's Mm -hmm. that's going to have live original music five, six nights a week, that's awesome. It's incredible. And John is so good about giving everyone an opportunity. I don't feel like it's necessarily who you know at JJ's. You know, Absolutely. Well, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's cool that he's been able to give that stage over to people like the Alabama Shakes mm-hmm. as they're coming up or even after they should have been there. Yeah. But also he's going to let you have your first gig there. You mm-hmm. know, if you want a place to have your first gig in Chattanooga, that's one of the places you can get it. It's How cool so is that? It's so beautiful. I and mean, you might go on at 1.30 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I applaud John for everything that he does yep. because it's it's great. I was there. I, I was asked to be there by some people that I've known for years that supported some of the other bands that I was in uh, along the way. I did about five or six years in a band called Uncle Lightning. I was a mandolin and, and electric guitar player there and then was in a uh, bluegrass band as a mandolin player called Bluegrass Pharaohs and did that for about four years. And the latest band I've been in is called Dark Horse 10. And we I think that's been going on for about six years. And all that is during my adult life. There mm-hmm. were other bands when I was younger that were, um, like I said, that the places you'd play were really grimy and, and you were going to have to be pretty persuasive to get your money at the end of the night. Kind what of what places were those? They were terrible, terrible places that my parents would have died had they what, visited. What are was, the names of those? One was called The Brew and Q, and it was okay. down on Bailey Avenue, mm-hmm. and there was a bar underneath that they called the Down Under Lounge. Fuse box was very suspect, and if it rained for a couple of days before the gig, you'd be walking through puddles on the carpet. The guy that ran it liked to have a handgun handy, you know, when it was time to get paid at the end of the night. and. I was actually 19, I think, and had a three-piece blues band, and they would book us to play on Wednesday nights. The agreed price was 50 bucks and five pitchers of beer. And there were only three of us, and we were underage, but mm-hmm. they felt like that was a pretty fair way to compensate. Oh, and, man. You know, we did, too. <laughs> there <laughs> were, were very few places it. we could go. You yeah. know? There was a place called Hollywood's on Glass Street where punk bands used to rent the pool hall that during the day was a sort of this, you know, urban hangout and, and probably there was some gambling and some other stuff going on there. But then you could have punk shows there and Hollywood himself would stick around and keep the peace. Uh, he pulled me out by my ear once that, <laughs> that luckily was caught on video that I can watch years later. <laughs> Things like that. The people would rent spaces yeah. at the Choo Choo and in the Nautilus building and uh, put on shows, mm-hmm. you know, self-produced kind of shows. But to think that we would have a place, I think the goal in Chattanooga is to have venues that step up, you know, holds 50 people to holds 100, mm-hmm. to holds 250, to holds 500. And, and we're putting that together. Mm-hmm. There's some people that have taken financial risk to do it. And mm-hmm. I'm glad they're here. Yeah. Well, I want to hear more about you and where you came from and how you started. But before we do that, let's do a cover. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I can do a cover. I'm never going to make any money playing covers. I've always played and I've always written, but I was a really, really unschooled and lousy singer for a long, long time. My only credit as a singer was that I wasn't afraid to do it. But I didn't do it well. Everything that my body told me to try to do was wrong. And so a few years ago, I met Trish Wildman and Butch Ross through the songwriting seminar that they do. And Trish became sort of a vocal coach for me. And it's only because of her that, that I feel comfortable now doing open mics and doing things where 
I don't have a, a loud band to hide behind or it doesn't have to be about the arrangement or the guitar solo or whatever. I, I can actually hopefully perform a song. Mm-hmm. So this is one that we did a lot with Dark Horse 10. It's a Milk Carton Kids song called Michigan. Silent thunder matches mine I know this feeling from long ago I wondered was it gone And now I know When she calls, don't send her my way When it hurts, you'll know Michigan's in the rear view now Keep your hands where I can see them You took the words right out my mouth When you knew that I would need them What am I supposed to do? Without you Without you It's unannounced Like you'd expect I'm on broke down break lines Motown records that's left is a blind reflection you know what's coming you regret it when she calls don't send her my way when it hurts most it's the right thing Michigan's in the rear view now Keep your hands where I can see them You took the words right out my mouth When you knew that I would need them What am I supposed to do now without you without you and that's all of that one yeah no you have a great voice it's crazy that you used to feel that way well it was that way and working on demos these days a lot of times i'll pull up a recording that's a couple of years old and it's really uh, i can almost hear Mm -hmm. my throat getting sore trish and butch too have both been really good to help me figure some stuff out 
Butch and, and Trisha are a couple, so when I would go to Trisha's house for voice lessons, he was always hanging around. And if I tried a new song, he could come in and say, you know, everything works great except you got to change this line. You know, these two words would be better if they were swapped. I tell him all the time, he's giving me all the best advice that I've ever ignored because I never changed the song. <laughs> it's hard to. So are you from Chattanooga? I am. I was born and raised in Hickson. Tried college away at the University of the South for a year, and uh, there was this period of time where apparently I, I wanted my GPA and my blood alcohol content to be the same. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thing. When, when your weekend starts on Wednesday, you know you're headed for the ditch. And so I came home after a year and finished at UTC mm-hmm. and lived here my entire life. Nice. And that used to be more depressing than it is. One of the cool things about this city now is the connections that I have that go way back mm-hmm. and running into people that I haven't seen in years. And that wouldn't happen if I was in a cooler place I guess mm-hmm. so sticking around to try to try to make your own town cooler you yeah know? you've seen Chattanooga get really cool over the years it's changed so much you know the city used to be inside out really there was nothing going on downtown and everything was in the suburbs and during my lifetime that's reversed it's a real city again because it was that way I, I did get to see the red hot chili peppers in uh, 1985 or 6 at this bar called the nucleus yeah the nucleus they would have great touring punk bands come through, and we didn't really know what we were seeing. Wow. But it was quite a show, yeah. And you could do that back then. I think his rent was probably a couple hundred bucks a month, mm-hmm. and it was right where they parked the Chattanooga Ducks, or close mm-hmm. to that. Those days are gone, but um, we got some pretty cool stuff happening. Yeah. Too, so. Well, it was, I mean, it was a pretty mind-blowing experience. The original lineup, and, you know, those guys are a powerful presence, and seeing them in a small club so what got you started into music like a lot of people you probably know i was a band geek you know i played the trumpet from fifth grade to ninth grade but somewhere around seventh eighth grade my aunt had a old crappy stella guitar leaning up in the corner at her house and i talked her into giving it to me i was able to eke out two songs on that guitar i learned more than a feeling and fly by night and they were both in D. I was so proud of myself when I could actually get through those. I'm sure everybody in the house was tired of those two songs, but um, I was saving saving money all along, and I ended up buying a Fender electric guitar, and from that point forward, I didn't really care about the trumpet anymore. There's not a lot of girls chasing the trumpet section around, but, yeah. you know, I got a guitar. You're like, wow, mm-hmm. this, you know, this is pretty cool. So I played in bands pretty consistently through high school and college, and the band I was in my senior year of college was one of the better bands I'd been in up to that point, and I was really excited about seeing what would happen after graduation. And then, before I knew it, I married, I had a baby on the way, and I had a bunch of ties in the closet. I was trying to sell insurance. Yeah. That's what happens, kids. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, that was one of the defining moments of my life. And I had to put music on the back burner for a while to try to figure out how to adult. And I wasn't that great at it, but that's kind of what set me on the path to the life I have today. And I wouldn't change a single thing about mm-hmm. it. But if you want to take your band on the road, you got to be more careful than, than I was. It was a while after that, and I really got seduced by bluegrass music sometime in my 20s. Luckily, there was a guy named David Summers that worked in an office with me who had been on the road with the Forrester sisters, and he could really play the mandolin, and, and I got him to teach me a few things. And from that point forward, for about 15 years, the mandolin was my primary instrument. I didn't really have any good guitars around. Then I got back into the rock and roll a little bit. and This is a great town for both kinds of music, but for bluegrass especially, there's a circuit of places you can just show up and pick five or six 
days of the week. Mm -hmm. If it's not the Mountain Opry, it's Tom and Weldon's Barbershop or there's a traditional country picking session out near Chester Frost Park, I think on Wednesdays. Really? Steel it's like guitars a group? And all that. It's just a casual thing. They do a potluck and have steel guitars and, and guitars. That's so fun. And it's been going on forever. And the Wednesday night bluegrass picking group that rotates around St. Elmo, North Chattanooga and Lookout mm -hmm. Mountain. That was another thing that I used to love doing. That's great. So five days a week, just about, you can find somewhere yeah. where there's a group playing. Absolutely. That's yeah, It awesome. might be five people or 50. You, you, you How don't do you find out about there. these? You know, it's different connections that you make. The Wednesday night group, for a long time, there was an answer machine you would call, and the guy would leave the message telling you where to go that week. The country group is always in the same place, so that's easy. Mountain Opry, obviously, Ringgold Opry, those things don't move around. Why don't we do another one of your songs? And you said that you had a new song? I do. Would you like to hear a brand new song? I would like to hear a brand new song. Only a moron would come in here and do a brand new song that's never been played in front of anyone, and it's going to be put out on the interwebs for all to hear forever. Interwebs and, and yeah, iTunes. I know. By the time anyone hears this, I'm sure I'll be singing some of it differently, but this is maybe a little bit of insight into the dumb ways that lead to me ending up with songs, but I try to keep my antenna up for song ideas all the time and it's amazing where you'll find them but I was working on an insurance claim and the lady that emailed me back from the insurance company her literal name was Teresa Elvira and I thought wow what a name you couldn't come up with that name if you were trying you know maybe it's a stage name for insurance adjusters maybe they do that these days but I wrote her name down quickly and pretty soon I had a verse and then I had a song so this song is called Teresa Elvira Blues Her name was Teresa Elvira I swear to you that's the truth Her dress, her hair, and her eyes Were all different shades of blue She promised that she could change me Turn me into something new I said, Miss Elvira, I'm ready do what you gotta do I could travel back in time and make the same mistakes again the same heartaches and bury all the same kin anything change would I wind up here again it's the least that I would do I thought it would fix things with you Elvira mixed up a potion In a jar with my name on the side And told me to wait until I was alone To take the ride Later that night with the lid off the jar my left hand covering my name I studied the face in the mirror As I poured it down the drain I could travel back in time Make the same mistakes again Feel the same heartaches 
and bury all the same kin. Will anything change? Would I wind up here again? It's the least that I would do if I thought it might fix things with you. And what would I give? What would it take to be or not to be? What difference does it make? Last night I was out by Elvira's. I wondered if she was around. A note on her parlor window told me she'd moved out of town. Glass, I could see the counter where she'd mixed up the cure for me. A blue dress lay in the corner. I guess change is something anyone can need. I could travel back in time, and I could make mistakes again. I could navigate the pain. Dig up all my kin. Would anything change? Would I bring me to this end? It's the least that I would do if I thought it would fix things with you. You can see it's not really about Teresa. It's no, it wasn't at all. It was more about the dude, right? Yeah. yeah. I was kind of surprised with the intro ah, that you gave. Yes. <laughs> well, and there's no magic to anybody's process about coming up with song ideas, but I think they can come from anywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, if your antenna's up, your imagination is always working. I, I heard an interview the other day with someone that does improv comedy at a really high level, and they said that the mental trick that they rely on to keep from going out on stage and not having any idea what to do is they imagine that all the stories are out there like radio waves you know they're already on the stage and they've been going on continually since the last time they all were together and all you have to do is figure out a way to grab one out of the air and then you're running and if you imagine driving down the road you don't have the radio on but but the radio waves are still coming into your car you know you're still being influenced by your life and a lot of I keep a note thing on my phone and I'll just jot down mm -hmm. something I hear someone say I don't know where it's going um, and sometimes it takes you where you don't know do the same but, thing yeah. I love those notes fun. notes are great Google Docs baby that way yeah yeah or like reading something mm -hmm. and I'll read a line and just such a good line I'll right write it down and yeah maybe not use that wording but you know for sure Rodney Krause said that Guy Clark would make him listen to Dylan Thomas reading his own poems he mm. had these reel to reel tapes of Dylan Thomas and he said you, your songs need to sound like that mm -hmm. a lot of Guy Clark songs you know they're they're pretty thin on narrative you mm -hmm. don't really get much of an idea of what happens but man you remember 
the song than mm-hmm. the pictures it creates in your head. So yes, you ever do crossword puzzles? No, only old people do crossword puzzles. So. <laughs> One of my my rituals is doing the Sunday New York Times crossword puzzle on my iPad every week. I've noticed that you can work for about 45 minutes or an hour until you're stuck. Then you put it away, and you can come back to it before you go to bed, and the answers are there in your head. Like, you can complete the puzzle in 10 more minutes. Mm -hmm. And your brain is studying. Wait, you complete those? Yeah, I finish them on Sunday. You finish them. The Sundays. Your brain gets into the mode of studying that puzzle so hard that you go away and do other things and don't even think about it. And But the answer, your brain's still working, and songwriting has got to be the same way. I think you I know. I love being like really mad about something and just like typing a whole bunch of things in and then going back and rereading them and writing a song with those but like about something completely different. It's still your emotion, right? Yeah. It's telling a different story. It's shifting it a yeah. little bit. Right. For a long time all the new songs I was writing were about people in negative situations. Yeah, I wrote a song about a creepy preacher that runs into this young girl that he used to take advantage of and you know songs about people going through terrible relationship issues people dying and eventually the people i was sharing songs with were like is everything okay are you is there anything you're trying to tell us no those are just more interesting stories nobody really wants to hear about interest rates or you know what my kids are doing in school you still work with insurance is that what you do investment you work for a bank i work for a major investment bank whose name i'm not allowed to mention without prior permission from <laughs> isn't that weird but someone could just google your name probably sure. and like... yes if they wanted but <laughs> like working for the cia or it something. seems like it doesn't it it's so funny. we're not allowed to mention it on facebook or any of that stuff are you in any bands right now No. Dark Horse 10 is kind of on hiatus. We did pretty much all we could do together for several years and had a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. and I really missed the hang with those guys. But the more I was writing and writing and writing and my songs were taking me in more of this direction, more Mm -hmm. like the song we just played that is more of a singer songwriter kind of Mm -hmm. thing, you know, and Mm -hmm. their interest is more in rocking. And we were pretty good at that. And we would do some of these songs as well. And we were pretty good at that too. But there's only so much of that that you want to play if you're a drummer or if you, mm-hmm. you know, if you really want to rock out and have fun, I don't blame anybody. So we kind of reached an agreement at the end of last year that I wanted to work on a record of my own songs that I'm doing at home by myself. It's going to be called Playing a Part. I've about a third of the way through that. You know, I've selected all the songs and begun to work on it and bouncing ideas off friends and things like that. But And are you recording it all yourself? So far. I plan to have a couple of guests for, um, you know, I need female harmony vocals, for example, and I can't really fake that. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play pedal steel, and I want pedal steel and some sort of fiddle and things like that. But, but um, the recording? Mm-hmm, doing it at home in my basement. Are you going to be doing all the mixing and producing and everything too? You know, I am trying, and I'm working hard to learn that craft, but if I get to the point where it needs to be finished and I can't finish it, then I know there are a lot of talented people that can help bring it home. Oh, um, yeah. It's just... To me, that's part of the fun is mm-hmm. trying to learn that side of it as well. But it's really easy to get down the rabbit hole and forget what really matters is a compelling take. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to oh, have yeah. a great vocal and, and it's got to pull people in. And, you, and it can't mixing just be about the is buttons. such a, I have realized really quickly, it's well, such a beast. You're going to have to mix this. I don't mix these. Okay, good. I know. It's, yeah, it's I want to get to the point one day where I do, but I know enough to know that I don't know enough. That is a great place to be. That's a very zen place to be from a mixing standpoint. It's not easy. And it's really, really tough to be critical of what you've created Mm -hmm. and realize that your brain has adjusted to not really hear what's wrong with the bass parts you laid down. And someone else hears and says that you've got to replace that bass. You're like, what? I was killing it. 
no, yeah. you weren't. And it's, you get, you fool yourself. You hear what's in your head and not what's on the mm-hmm. recording. I record these and then I give the wave files to Trenton Romanini. Mm-hmm. He's great. He does a really, really good job. Cool. Let's do an original. Good. I wrote a song recently with the idea about, I think being online and social media kind of really warps our ideas these days about what's important and what's not and where we should spend our time. The realization for this song came from thinking about how when I was growing up as a kid, if someone came into your life and then was no longer in your life, the chances were you'd never see them again. That helped you deal with the pain of having that taken away from you. You'd think, well, you know, at least I'm not going to run into this person who left school and moved to California ever again. And then you'll be scrolling through your Facebook feed and there they are. And Forever. that's not necessarily, <laughs> yeah, that's not necessarily healthy. And I think we're programmed to be able to let things go in our lives. But sometimes you have these constant and weird reminders of what your past involved. The other thing about it is that on any level of creepiness between someone that wants to connect with the other person that doesn't necessarily want to be reconnected with, you know, there's two sides to that story. And if you're the creeper, then you're probably thinking, why, you know, why wouldn't they want to reconnect with me? You know, things are great. And if you're the creepy, maybe you're a little flattered, but you're also a little scared. You don't want someone showing up and ruining, you know, what what your life is. And so anyway, this is sort of a song from a creeper point of view. And I feel sorry for the creepy, whoever that might be. So I remember that smile It's glowing back at me Lighting up the pictures On my telephone screen There's a high school graduation There's a child up in a tree There's a girl I used to know Her face is all a beam You've got everything I wanted for you Three perfect kids and the man of your dreams The only difference between then and now I thought the man would be me I thought the man would be me We'd sit and talk for hours Lay out how things were gonna be Two boys and a girl A front porch and a swing It ain't easy to surrender A dream that's obsolete You found a way around it At least that's how it seems You've got everything I wanted for you Three perfect kids and the man of your dreams Only difference between then and now I thought the man would be me 
I thought the man would be me I'm a boat out of the water I'm a train without a track You always knew where you were going You ain't ever coming back You ain't ever coming back Thought I was your oxygen You needed me to breathe But I was just the light for you You had to have to see A pretty little picture Of how your life could be Hope that when you look at him There's a shadow of me You see a shadow of me You've got everything I wanted for you Three perfect kids And the man of your dreams The only difference between then and now Thought the man would be me I thought the man would be me It wasn't so creepier. No, I think it could be seen as sweet, but uh, yeah. wouldn't most creepers think that, though? <laughs> Like, you know, a creeper doesn't think he's being creepy. You're right. If I were the person being sung about and I had this whole new life and someone was singing that, yeah, I might think it was a little creepy. Looking at the creeper's perspective, yeah. it's not that creepy. Well, of course not. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've hit on the point. What do you like to do when you're not playing music or being a dad? Well, being a dad is very much a full-time job. Because you have four. We have four. Two are grown and two are little. How, what are the ages? 26, 20, 13, and 7. They're so far apart. Well, yes, they are. <laughs> I'm like doing the math in my head. Wait a second. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting family, but they're all unique in their own way. And everybody's had a chance to be the big brother and then the middle kid mm -hmm. and then the little, you know, I mean, it, life hands you what it does and yeah. you make the best of it. And that's what we've done. But other than that, I, music takes up enough of my time to really annoy the crap out of the other people in my life. Like I gave up things like golf that I used to enjoy when my seven-year-old was born. I was like, something's got to go. And I really enjoy the band. So golf is going to go. And as you know, as you need more time for work, then eventually music has to go or for a while. Mm -hmm. But uh, the cool thing about writing as the focus of my musical life right now is that you can you can get an idea anytime and you can get an idea from where you least expect it and working, being out in the world, interacting with different people, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not gonna gonna write anything good if you're in a hole somewhere, you know. And doing the solo thing too is more accessible for you 
It's been great. Yeah, I got to say. Fit it I, in. Yeah. It's been so nice when someone asks if I can do a set somewhere to know whether mm-hmm. I can do it without having to check, you know, several calendars. I've been able to do a lot in a short period of time doing River City Sessions at Grand Falloon on May 11th with a great talented lineup there. I'm doing the Little Bird Festival that following weekend and have done Carl Pemberton's Writer's Night at Stone Cup, which is a lot of fun. He's cool. He's bringing in really interesting stuff. And that group kind of skews young. I'm probably, you know, looked upon like a chaperone there, but there are people that are beatboxing and, uh, you know, playing homemade harps and things like that. It's really kind of cool. But I don't get out to the Tremont open mic very much. I would love to. It's a weeknight, a school night, as we call them. Let's do another song. Cool. This is another song about a made-up person, as most of them are. And using my imagination to think about someone who is probably closer to the end of their glory years that may not have achieved the heights that they hoped for, but is still playing the part. So there's a line in this song that inspired the name of my upcoming record, Playing a Part. It's in the song, which is fun. It also sort of references the types of songs that I like to write because I do like to put myself in someone else's shoes. But it's also kind of an end joke because that's what I'll yell at the kids sometimes when I'm trying to record in the basement and there's too much racket going on in the house. Shut up. I'm playing a part down here. (laughs) So anyway, it's called Crushed Velvet Heart. Morning comes early the way they all do The glare through the blinds as your world starts anew A dress laid out, selected with care You sit at the table and start on your hair Nothing to do and nowhere to be You're all turned out for no one to see You settle down into your chair You sit at the table with nobody there With your plastic pearl necklace And your crushed velvet heart You sit there and smoke like you're playing a part There's no crowd to cheer and the curtain won't part Only you, your past and memory The girl with the crushed velvet heart Wait as the day lays itself out to you Eat at eleven and the mail comes at two Coffee till noon, then on to gin Maybe the phone rings, maybe it's him With your plastic pearl necklace And your crushed velvet heart You sit there and drink Still playing your part Your leading man left And he made a new start Leaving you Your past and these memories The girl with the crushed 
velvet heart The neighbor kids play then go in for the night The sun gives way to the cold street lights But you take off your makeup and step out of your shoes and wonder if he might be thinking of you with a brand new prescription and a crushed velvet heart you lay there and cry alone in the dark no ovation and there's no curtain call only you past and your memories the girl with the crushed velvet heart so good yeah, it's a certain demographic seems to enjoy that song really yes middle-aged women seem to enjoy that song i don't know what they're imagining that's the feedback i get am i allowed to play one more song yeah i want you to play one more song but before you play one more song i want you to give some advice of being a musician i can't give any advice to musicians because there's so many great pros that have been mm-hmm. through here already and that are going to be here through here again that I would giggle at the idea that I can say as somebody that has gotten pulled into the rat race a little bit, the corporate world, the straight life, uh, as a musician might refer to it, is that doing what you love and what fulfills you every day is so much more important than any status symbol or bank balance or whatever. I mean, it's all great to have comfort and security but it's never what it's cracked up to be and the other side of the the fence you know that green grass has just got a bunch of fertilizer piled on and it's not really any better i would advise anybody that's thinking about going to an open mic as a listener with the idea that maybe they'll get up and play just do it you know it's such a supportive community i've never seen anyone disrespected that was willing to try and i've seen some strange stuff and you have too, but have you ever seen a crowd that wouldn't listen to two or three songs Mm -mm. from, you know? I was at Carl's open mic and a young guy got up and his introduction was whack. We had no idea what he was gonna do and he starts beatboxing and singing at the same time, which I'd never seen before. And it was one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. I didn't think I could listen to 10 minutes of beatboxing and singing without wondering when it was gonna be over. And I was wondering how long he could go. I've laughed and kidded for a while about not being able to write a real love song, anything that would encapsulate strong feelings I have for my wife and how close we are. And when you're 18, it seems so easy. You know, like your love song would be, I've got to have you in my life or I'll die. And once you've had some life and been through some things, you start thinking, well, you know, I'm going to die anyway, but this is the person I want to die with, Mm -hmm. right? That's a different kind of love song and it's not as mushy gushy but it's as real as anything else so i did write a song recently that i thought sort of fit that category and if you'll let me play it i will i would love it all right thanks it's called through this with you (laughs) 
settle in for the evening news with our wine out of a box. You say we're moving to Canada, but I know it's only talk. You couldn't stand the weather, and our children would never leave. I'm just glad that I've got you to go through this with me. The money was there until it wasn't. You never say you told me so. Now I could work till forever and still have forever left to go. When the sun goes down and they let me come home, you're exactly what I need. I'm just glad that I've got you to go through this with me. Barely exceeded your low expectations Long enough so you'd fall for me Lately even that much is more than I can muster But you know I'll be there if you call for me a shell of my younger self my worst is ahead of me yet you're like wine getting better with age you look like the day that we met I'll continue devolving hoping that you'll never see I don't deserve to have you to go through this with me. I'm just glad I have you to go through this with me. Appreciate that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me and for everything that you're doing to promote the scene and be a part of it. And people have got to invest. You know, people have got to be willing to come and play out for free sometimes. They've got to be willing to come on your podcast and talk and perform. They've got to be willing to sponsor your podcast or participate in some way because we all in this together. We are. 
Everybody's got to do their part. Exactly. Sometimes it doesn't pay off right away, but, you know, we're all going to keep trucking. Yay. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you.